Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Listen up, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, anybody that uh, wants a better life, wants to know true happiness and fulfillment. This show is for you. It is. It's not for me. I already have it. I think. Uh, no, I actually do have it. I am a, 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 a total serial entrepreneur. I cannot stop myself. I can't help it. If I see a good idea, I either want to do it or make it better. Because I'll give you an example. I went to a salad bar in uh, Aptos, California, near Pebble Beach. And the, the salad, it was, it was beautiful. It was just a little itty bitty, like a subway sandwich shop, but it was only salads. Now in New York city, there's salad bars everywhere, but not everywhere else in the country. So this little New York gal decided when she moved to Aptos, she thought I got to have me a salad bar and there's nothing around here. So I'm going to open one. So she does. And I went in there and I'm taking pictures and, and I'm joking with the lady. And she says, can I get a name for your salad? And I said, Francois. And she says, she looks at me and she goes, uh-huh. What's your real name? <laughs> and I go, Alan. Anyway, we laughed and joked. And then I go, who owns this place? She goes, I do. I go, well, take your mask off. I want to see your face. And she was the cutest little gal. And we talked and talked and talked. And I said, you know what you should do? <laughs> this is my problem. I always tell people what they should do. You know what you should do? And then I said, you should do this and that and change this. And why don't you have this? And she goes, well, we're going to do that. And we were thinking about that. And yeah, you're right about that. And listen, that's what entrepreneurs do is they want to better things. And that's what this country needs right now is entrepreneurs out there doing what they do. A friend of mine wrote a book called Man Up. And uh, so I man up every day. Now, I've got a lady on the line named Lindsay Teague Moreno. She wrote a book called Boss Up, and she's joining us right now. And then she's got a new book coming out. But, Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you for talking with us. And let's start out with your book, Boss Up, because then we're going to talk about the next one, which I think is really maybe what the rest of the world needs to hear about to wake up to find out what true fulfillment is is and what does it mean to be happy and we need to take a look at that but tell me about boss up first because i want people to know about these two books okay <laughs> awesome i appreciate you guys having me yeah. yeah okay so boss up is really the idea that there is a replicable set of things that you can do 10 of them actually that work across any kind of business no matter what your business is whether it's service related whether it's direct sales whether it's online sales, whether it's having a brick and mortar store or using social media, it doesn't matter. There are 10 philosophies that you can use to build a business in no matter what field. And those 10 will work because I have made them work across all of those kinds of industries. And so really boss up is about, Hey, you want to start a business. You're not sure how you don't have a business degree, or perhaps you do. And you'd like to know in the real world, what do I need to do right now? to create the success in this business so that I can leave the job I hate or create the business that's in my heart or that has been in my soul for years and I've been thinking about and I'm just afraid to take that first step. What do I do? Boss Up will walk you through everything that you need to do in one concise book. You don't need 17, you just need one. <laughs> and uh, it has right. been really amazing to watch the ripple effects from that book kind of go outwards and see people actually take it 
and move their business from an idea into fruition, into the market, and watch them change their life through this business. Love it. So Lindsay also does a podcast, The Boss Up Podcast. You can listen to that at uh, <laughs> www.lindsaytm.com. Lindsaytm.com. <laughs> And uh, the Boss Up Podcast. Now, I'm going to have to listen to it to find out what you do there and all that. I'm sure it's fun. So when we come back, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about your next book. That's why we're having you on today, by the way, Mm -hmm. just in case you didn't know. I know we just surprise people with these, these phone calls like, hey, can you get her to be on the show today? No, this actually took weeks of planning. The new book that she's got coming out, it's coming out any minute, Wake Up. Yeah, And we all do. We all do need to wake up. Wake up, America. Uh, Lindsay Teague Moreno, author, speaker, uh, business owner, podcaster, and uh, she's going to teach us what it really means to be fulfilled. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages. All right. Lindsay Teague Moreno joining us, author of uh, two books. One, Boss Up. It's already out. And coming out October 21st via HarperCollins will be the new book, Wake Up. And who doesn't need to wake up? I mean, come on. You're you're hating your job. You're wanting to pull the golden parachute. You want to pull the ripcord and get the hell out of there. And you got this side hustle that you've been dreaming about. You know, like a little salad bar, like I was just talking about. In the commercial break, Lindsay and I are talking, and she's like, no, I I can't help myself. You know, you... It's like you want to see them thrive because you want the product that they're selling. You want to offer them suggestions. And you know what? Entrepreneurs are willing to listen for the most part. Some of them can be very prideful and arrogant the way I was for many years, but uh, I've woken up. So let's talk about Wake Up. What's it about? Okay. So Wake Up is really my journey to success. And the great thing about business, owning a business and being an entrepreneur is there's some really easy ways to know, hey, am I being successful or am I not here? Am I being fulfilled by what I do or am I not? And a lot of it has to do with, hey, are you getting enough money for your time? Are you getting the customers that are being affected by your product? It's, it's pretty easy to understand from a business perspective, am I being fulfilled by this? Is this working? Is it working for me and is it working for others? But I find that there's five other parts of our lives that are not quite as easy to understand. And if we continue to overlook them and concentrate just on business or concentrate just on our health, for example, then there's four other areas that are kind of getting left behind. And we never think about those things. I believe that we don't ever reach that good life is what I like to call it. It's this life where you have personal power in every part of your life. And those six cornerstones are this business and work, financial, health, personal relationships, and spiritual. And if you can kind of dig into those six areas and purposely work towards fulfillment in each of those areas, not all at the same time, it's not going to look like what you think it will. It's not all going to be like rainbows and butterflies. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be uncovering a lot about yourself that's in the shadow that you don't really want to look at 
It's going to be confronting the idea of being comfortable all the time because we are sold comfort all the time, no matter where we look, no matter what you do, comfort is there for you. And it's easier than discomfort. And so what I really want is for the people that know me or are do business with me or work with me in some capacity at some point in life to also be fulfilled in all parts of their life because it ripples outwards. And I can be affected by the energy of the people who have this really great, good life that's not always comfortable, but works for them. And it brings them rich fulfillment in their life. And those people are the best people to grab onto because they will make you do life at the next level up. And that's really what I want for us. I see so many of us doing things to numb ourselves and just zone out from our life when we get back from work or we get back from whatever was hard that day and we're not building this good life. And I think before we know it, we look back and realize we kind of wasted a bunch of the hours in our life that we could have used to create fulfillment and actually have affected other people in our lives. I spent a couple of days last weekend in Monterey, Pebble Beach, and uh, there was a big event going on there, and I went to it, and I saw a couple of my friends, one of them, sadly, whose son had been killed in a car crash, so my friend's grandson was only uh, four months old when his son, the father of that little baby, was killed, and let me just tell you, I stood there with my friend and cried, and we were, you know, at, at this event, and I mean, some of these things, you know, you talk about wake up. I don't want to have to wait until tragedy strikes to wake up. And sadly, so many of us do, right? We wait until tragedy yeah. strikes, till failure hits us. To You know, it's like, oh, I guess I should have, you know, I should have listened to some of my friends. And you know what? I mean, this is why, you know, choosing who you spend a lot of time with in your personal life really matters. Is it people that uh, take you away from reality or is it people that bring you closer to reality? People that say, you know what? Just like I was saying to the lady, the little salad bar, she didn't have any build your own salad. How do you not have a build your own salad? And I said that to her, I go, how do you not have a build your own? And I'm, you know, I'm very, as you can tell, very loud and boisterous. And she says, well, she goes, it's just easier for us, you know, if we know what we're going to make and then everybody has the ingredients. I go, but if the guy tells you what he wants, I go, I want extra blue cheese. I, I, you know, whatever. And we were laughing at each other. And I mean, it was funny. But at the end of the day, I couldn't believe that she didn't have a build your own salad at a salad bar. We're going to take a break. Uh, We're talking with Lindsay Teague Moreno. Her book, uh, well, two of them, Boss Up is one. And the other one is Wake Up, the powerful guide to changing your mind about what it means to be really, to really live. I'd get that one right. I got it wrong. Uh, but we'll figure it out on the other side. Um, what is being fulfilled and what is being happy? What is true joy? We'll be right back and find out from Lindsay. Stay with us. Discover unstoppable industry influencers who celebrate disruptive thinking and game-changing business strategies on Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Talking with uh, Lindsay Teague Moreno, author of the book, Wake Up, the powerful guide to changing your mind about what it means to really live. 
See, I got it right that time. Uh, Lindsay is joining us. <laughs> By the way, so I want to tell you a story real quick, and then I'm going to ask you to, to, now is the segment where we ask you to be the teacher. And, and we want you, if you don't right. mind, to share some great wisdom with those who are listening. So even if they don't ever go to your website and buy your book or wherever it's going to be for sale, they would go, you know what? I, I heard this lady and she wrote this book called Wake Up. I got to get it. It'll be stuck in their mind. They'll be able to help themselves. If, if you give something from your heart right now to the audience and they learn something, they're going to follow you. They're going to find you, and you're going to drop little breadcrumbs along the way. Here's the website in case you guys want to know. It's lindsaytm.com. First name, Lindsay, and then TM for Teague Moreno.com. And she also has a podcast called The Boss Up Podcast. So the actor John Voigt was on a television show, and I saw him say something. He was at the point where his career was down. He was getting a divorce. Everything was going wrong. His money was low. And he's pounding his hand on the ground. And he's going, why does it have to be so difficult? And he's crying. And he's a full-grown man. And in his ear, he hears God say, it's supposed to be difficult. And in your book, you talk about this. This is how to accept your challenges as being as exactly what you need. And I thought, well, isn't that, yeah. that's the way it's supposed to be difficult. And so, but when he did that, he realized God was there. God was watching. God was listening. But God waits for that low point where you'll actually open your ear and you'll wake up. The name of your book, Wake Up. And so how do we wake up people so they don't have to have tragedy the way I was talking about? Because we all wake up once we have tragedy. But let's try and do it before we have tragedy. So maybe you be the teacher and give us some, right. some great wisdom. So, yeah, I think you're right. I came to this idea of there being more through tragedy. At 30, my mom died suddenly of a massive heart attack. Wow. I had just had my third baby, like, three weeks out of mm. having this baby. Oh. And I thought my mom would live to be 100. Like, she was in great shape. She yeah. looked great. She felt great. She was happy. She was, like, moving forward in her life. And then suddenly she died from a massive heart attack. It was stress-induced. It had been a long time coming. She didn't know about it because she's a female, and females' heart attacks present differently than men. So right. often we don't even know that we're having heart attacks when we do. So I learned a lot through that tragedy, and it really opened my mind to the idea of there has to be more here because my mom died in debt. She died having so many Sundays on the table. Like, you know, someday I'm going to go to Italy and I'm going to drink the wine there. Someday I'm going to take our whole family. We're going to go white water rafting. Someday this, someday that. And all those Sundays, some days were still left on the table when she died. If I die at 53, which was how old she was, I'm 40 now. So I was 53 when I died, just like she was, you know, like I can't allow my kids to say, oh, well, she never got to really live her life because she was struggling through it, which is the case for my mom. And so this book is really, was that event was the catalyst for this, this book. And I started by breaking life down into those six areas that I told you. And then I started learning about the things that I actually value. And I decided if I could figure out the things that I personally value, not what's been taught to me to value, not what has been told to me, not what has been presented to me in a very pretty beautiful package, but what I actually value. And there are 10 core values that we'll talk about in Wake Up. But if I were to take those values and then connect them to the six cornerstones of a good life, could I build fulfillment and happiness in each of those areas? Mm. And I quickly came to this idea of, yeah, I can do it all and I can do it all at once. 
And that was when I realized I actually don't believe in balance at all. I don't think balance is real. I don't think that it's achievable. I think balance is to your life what a diet is to your health. (laughs) And it constantly keeps us dependent on the system, needing something from someone. And the truth is, I believe we all have in us everything we need to be successful and fulfilled and happy in all the parts of our life. We just have to wake up and be aware that there's more for us. Because often, like I said earlier, we are presented with so much opportunity to zone out, right? Right. There's millions of minutes of television at a single click from our remote right now. And those things will allow us to, sure, zone out from our life, not feel the things that are uncomfortable so we can just go back tomorrow and do the same thing over again. And then before we know it, a decade's passed and we're looking back and going, what did I actually learn? What did I make better? What did I teach my kids in the last decade? And so what I've kind of figured out is that you can actually do this four-part series, four-part change series. It's called the WHOOP experience, where you break down the parts of your life that you want to change into four parts, where you decide there's a wish that you have for that part of your life. You, there's an outcome that you want for that part of your life. There's obstacles that you're going to have to overcome. And then you make a plan for actually changing And one of those things that I do to actually take action on changing is something called the Wake Up 100. And in 2020, I decided I was going to get a hold of my health. It was the last part of my life that I had been avoiding, that I had been pushing off to the side because I don't personally enjoy personal pain. And I find (laughs) working out to be very painful. And so what I did was decided, no, I'm going to get a hold of this part of my life. And I'm going to create working out or taking care of my health to be something that I look forward to every day, to be something that I do that's not hard. I can create a habit. And so I created this 100-day challenge. All right, hold on, hold on. One more segment. One more segment. We'll do it on the other side. Get your pencils out, everybody. We're going to go five more minutes (laughs) with Lindsay Teague Moreno. What is her secret sauce? This is Entrepreneur Weekly. Hold them like they do in Texas, please. Fold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. I told Lindsay, I go, all right, come on, get to it, get to it. I can't stand it. I got to have the Wake Up 100. And she said, she's back for one more segment. (laughs) What happens is I talk too much, and then then you don't get enough time to tell the whole story. My apologies. All right, so here's what we got. I want you to give me some of the tidbits of the Wake Up 100, and then people can listen to your podcast, The Boss Up Podcast, or they can visit your website. Lindsay, T is in Tom, M is in Mary, lindsaytm.com, and they can find your new book, Wake Up, or your old book, Boss Up. All right, so here we are, the Wake Up 100. Tell me. So the Wake Up 100 really is a 100-day challenge. You can pick any of the six cornerstones that you want to do. My first one was health, obviously, because I struggled with it so much. And what I decided was I'm going to do the same thing for 100 days straight. 21 days just never worked for me. I know it's 21 days to a habit, 35 days to a habit. None of that would stick for me. I could do it, and then I would fall off the wagon. But I figured if I can do something for 100 days, that's over three months. If I can do that, I can easily make a habit. And the truth was that's exactly what happened. So you're going to pick a action that you can do in any one of the six cornerstones that are the most challenging for you. 
pick something that you can do every single day and then you're just going to mark it off a list. Okay, day one, done. Day five, 15, 25, all the way to 100. And after 100 days, you can look back and you're going to have actual data behind your decisions to either continue or stop, right? And so I think a lot of people will start something that's going to be really good for them. They're taking action, but they quit before it becomes a habit or they quit before knowing if it's even going to be good or bad for them or positive or negative for them. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pick one thing. We're going to go at it hard for 100 days. You're going to concentrate on just making sure you do that one thing for 100 days. And then afterwards, you can decide, am I better or worse than I was before? Is this helping me or not? Am I feeling more fulfilled or not? Happy or not? And from there, we can decide, okay, well, do we need to tweak it? Do we need to change it? Do we need to look at something different at this point? And you'll actually have data behind the reasons that you're making decisions rather than just kind of throwing things at the wall and hoping that they're going to stick this time. Mm -hmm. The 100-day challenge will help you make habits that will stick for you. You just have to make sure that you're setting the right kind of habits based on your core values, which you will get into when you read Wake Up. So this equates to me a story I heard about how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time and that's what you're that's doing right. it's like right you're biting off one of your things at a time that you need to deal with so this is my one thing and a lot of people don't realize you said something you blew past it and even though we hear it i'm just going to zone in on it just a little bit 21 days to a habit so if you do something for 21 days in a row after a while it just becomes kind of natural it's like a habit and a lot of people go, I wish I could, you know, be in the habit of working out, you know, five days a week or whatever, six days a week or once a month. In my case, I'm so lazy. I watch TV shows. I don't even want it just because the TV turner fell on the ground. I don't want to even pick it up. I'm too lazy. But uh, So this is great. Smart stuff. I like it. And I was sorry to hear about your mom passing. But you know what? It's like I said, these tragedies are wake up calls. And both they my are. parents passed away in the last three months. So they were very, very old, and my mom went first, and then my dad, he was like, what am I doing here? I got to go be with my wife, and he literally just, you know, right. you know went, went to sleep and just decided to go, but these are tragedies. I mean, a right. lot of these things, you know, they, they make you wake up, and so I, I love the name That's of the right. book, Wake Up, with an exclamation point. I just want to finally say, first of all, thanks for making the time to be with us. And I love that you have your course, your uh, three tween daughters and Fitzgerald, the French bulldog. <laughs> and I want you to know that we had a dog named, uh, it was a uh, basset hound, and we named it Gaylord. Gaylord! Because <laughs> you, uh, uh. anyway. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. One, my, my wife Thank was watching. Thank you watch- so much for having me. I'm so yeah. happy. No, it's my pleasure. My wife was wash, washing our little dog the other day. I, I took pictures of the dog while it was wet because it was so funny looking. She goes, don't take pictures of Charlie when he's all wet. I go, what? He's a dog. What does he care? And I quickly, you know, sent him to my daughter and laughing. And my, my wife was mad. She's like trying to protect the dignity of her little doggy. Oh, my gosh. Right. Life is so That's funny. Good mama. <laughs> right. Good mama. All right, the book is Wake Up. You guys can find it at lindsaytm.com. It's out on October 21st via HarperCollins. Lindsay Teague Moreno, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we're going to take a break and come back with another brilliant entrepreneur. Stay with us.
listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. And don't forget to pick up an issue of Entrepreneur Magazine on newsstands everywhere. And our website is available to you 24-7 on demand. There are podcasts and articles and videos and all kinds of awesome stuff. If you're uh, considering leaving a job and becoming an entrepreneur and creating jobs, first for yourself, of course. Our next couple of guests are from the Aperio Consulting Group and behavioral scientist and founder, Carrie Goyette, and Bryce Murray, PhD. He is the director of technology and data science over there. And so I want to talk about AI. I was listening to something recently from Elon Musk. He's the kind of the ultimate entrepreneur, and he is warning to be careful and to be kind of afraid of AI. And as an entrepreneur, I love being authentic and I love being intuitive and I love the interaction with humanity. And all of a sudden, I'm now dealing with more and more artificial intelligence on the phones. I get these calls where it's a computer going, hello, my name is Sally. And it's like a a man's computerized voice. I'm like, no, you're not. And I just hang up. So the AI is poorly done by some, really well done by others. And I don't even know what AI is anymore because it seems to be everywhere. Should I fear it, Carrie Goyette? Should I fear it? That's the question. Yeah, great question, Alan. And yes, I think that we should have a healthy dose of fear. However, I don't think that we should avoid it completely. And so that's why we decided to dive into the space. Yeah. I've been working with leaders you know, for the past 10 to 15 years and really focused on how do you build these awesome, high-performing teams and how do we use science and how do we use a lot of data to be able to do that. And so, yeah, AI is emerging. It's here. It's, it's here to stay. And so we got into this space because we felt like, you know, with our unique approach, when we combine behavioral science and artificial intelligence, that we are wanting to enter this conversation so that humans and technology can evolve together to actually benefit society and to help our organizations. But yeah, absolutely, we should hear it. So I remember about, oh, I don't know, four years, four or five years ago, I went to a, um, a marketing convention and there was a whole bunch of stuff with AI marketing. And I said to the guy, I said, uh, so you're in this. Should I be afraid? And he goes, well, he goes, yeah, a lot of this stuff is still kind of scary to me. He goes, and I'm in the middle of it. So maybe, Bryce, you're the data guy. You're the, the data science guy. And sounds like you've been in this for a while. Are you kind of looking at it going, you know what? This is brilliant. And we could really do good things. But can you explain in layman's terms, how it works to people so they won't be afraid of it? One of the reasons I first got started into maybe AI was because it was so powerful, it was so cool, and it was able to do all these cool things. But as I started into research, I think I might have started to get a little scared of it too, which is kind of why I went down the explainability path. And so explainability is really about understanding what these algorithms are and what they're doing, not just at a high level, but kind of getting down into the weeds, into the math. And so I think you hit the nail on the head just a second ago whenever you said, like, people are doing it well and people are doing it poorly. And I think that with uh, the number of tools that we have out there today, it's really important to, to make sure that the people that are implementing our AI, they're understanding what they're doing and able to relay that up because there's not a one-size-fits-all AI, and that's why it's kind of hard to, to segment into different groups. And I typically do it 
into the three different groups of computational intelligence, which are going to be our neural networks, which are our deep learners. Everybody's using those, and they're super popular. But I'm also a fan of fuzzy sets and systems and evolutionary computation. That is just one of the numerous ways that we can kind of start to talk about AI. So when you talk about fuzzy, fuzzy, is, is it really, is it fuzzy? I mean, fuzzy logic, is it is it like fuzzy to the touch? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, like the average person, you just blew <laughs> yeah. over their head. You know what I mean? So how do we no, break it bad. down into this explainable AI? Yeah, and so fuzzy sets and systems is kind of one of the branches. And I like it because it, it's, a, it's a way to, to represent the world mathematically in a way that wasn't traditionally possible. And so whenever we think about kind of like math, it's black and white, yes or no. And so as we think about fuzzy, it's kind of a way to represent that, that gray area. Um, well, how do we represent the word maybe? And so that, it gives us a framework to be able to do that type of thing which is what we're building into RAI at Aperio. Oh. I just want to add in, when you think about humans, that you can't reduce humans down to zeros and ones. And so we can be a little bit perseverant or we can be a lot perseverant. And so that's what, what excited me about Bryce's skill set is that he can represent things on a spectrum. Right. Well, speaking of a spectrum, I'm on a different kind of a spectrum, but you know, <laughs> you have to deal with, you know, a, a, I guess we call it emotional intelligence because I remember talking to a guy one time that had such a high IQ that he needed somebody with a high EQ to kind of balance him. And I think that happens in leadership development and roles such as that. So, I mean, you guys are at that intersection right now and, and how are you working? How are you making these two dovetail the, the EQ and the fuzzy logic? Can I say it like that? <laughs> well, I'll, you know, I'll use the entrepreneur example. So I'm part of an angel group and we were talking about one particular startup that the founder just literally tanked. It was like one of those and had a great product and had a great market. It was one of those like it should have um, it should have done really well. And a lot of the angel investors were talking about, you know, wait a minute, like we're investing in people and and so my point was, well, if we're investing in people, then we really need to be analyzing the people aspect more. When they do a lot of due diligence, you know, they're really focused on the business plan, you know, the sales and marketing plan, which is great. We're not arguing against that. But I had a hunch that, you know, the entrepreneur, what they brought to the table had a, probably a pretty significant impact. And so that's what we were able to do. We actually combined we used psychometrics. We looked at 120 different traits of entrepreneurs. We partnered with this angel investing group, and we looked at founders that had either succeeded um, and had a successful exit or failed. And Bryce created an algorithm that was able to identify and now predict which entrepreneurs will succeed. And we can predict with 78% accuracy. So 78% of their success was due to their psychometric profile meaning kind of what they brought to the table. And so that's where, you know, when we start combining explainable AI and this fuzzy logic, we can account for humans that are on a spectrum and also being able to decode their performance. What are the factors that went into that? And the really cool thing is it doesn't matter whether you're an introvert or extrovert. It's not, you know, we didn't find any kind of uh, predictive factors around that. It really came back to this concept of emotional intelligence that what we found that were predictors of failure were their derailers. So, you know, humans were messy. We all have some derailing tendencies. And so that came out really, really strong. It's so interesting. It kind of makes my head sweat, just my brain, actually. 
<laughs> it's like I'm like this intuitive guy. I'm a very I hate to say maybe emotional human being because I've harnessed my emotions. I see anger and I see, you know, greed and I see joy and I, I see all these different things and I can kind of categorize them. Of course, I'm older now, so it's a little easier, mm-hmm. but I have finally looked at my ambition and I go, all right, why am I drawn towards starting so many businesses? Because I'm a serial entrepreneur, but I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to break down my own data. You know what I mean? Trying to figure out my own yeah. psychometrics in my caveman kind of way. Oh, listen to this. Oh my gosh. Perfect. Right. We'll take a little break and when we come back. We'll talk more about this subject. That's very interesting. Stay with us. Stay tuned. There's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages. Are you paying too much for business insurance? Do you have critical gaps in your coverage? Entrepreneur Insurance can help you find out. In 6 out of 10 policies, business owners are paying too much for property, general liability, or workers' comp insurance. Entrepreneur Insurance can help you identify ways to save and any gaps in coverage. Head to entrepreneur.com slash insurance to complete the questionnaire and get a personalized quote. It's an easy way to find out if you're paying too much. Again, that's entrepreneur.com slash insurance. Well, you're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Just like Entrepreneur Magazine, we are out to, well, try and understand what it is to be an entrepreneur. So today we have a behavioral scientist, Carrie Goyette. Uh, She is also the founder of Aperio Consulting Group. You can find them at thinkaperio.com. It's A-P-E-R-I-O, thinkaperio.com on the web. And, um, well, they work at the intersection of AI, emotional intelligence, leadership development, and neuroscience research. Whoo! Talk about uh, biometrics and things like that and psychometric. Okay, so, look, I was talking on the way out there before we got uh, interrupted by that bad song. I was talking about how I live my life, but I find at the end of the day, I have to do some self-analysis because nobody else is going to do it for me or I'm not going to like them if they do. So at some point we have to look at ourselves and say, what psychometrics, I guess we'll call them, can I use to analyze what kind of an entrepreneur I am? Actually, at the end of the day, it's what kind of a person am I? But can you really determine what kind of an entrepreneur somebody is and whether they'll be successful by this? And if so, what are some of the things you look at? Yeah, absolutely. And Alan, because you are a serial entrepreneur, I would expect that you would have, yeah, you would have certain traits. I mean, you talked about that ambition, that drive. And again, this is something that we could measure. <laughs> so we oh could talk God. after the show, but, um, <laughs> but you're going to have a certain amount of ambition and drive. There's also going to be an optimal amount of perseverance. You have to have enough to persevere at the end of the day and and have that resilience to kind of work through some of those failures. But it also can't be too high that you become too rigid and you're not going to pivot when you need to pivot. So we found that there's an optimal amount of perseverance. But there's also, you know, what I like to think of as, you know, people that have learned to be really efficient 
And as you said, you know, at the end of the day, you know, can I kind of psychoanalyze myself and have some self-awareness to say, you know, is there something I'm doing? Is there something I could be doing that's setting myself up to fail or to limit myself? And so we all have derailing tendencies. And so, again, that's what came out as highly predictive in our study are these derailers where people unintentionally set themselves up to fail. And so people that are very efficient, the successful entrepreneurs, they bring in more advisors, mentors, they build relationships, and they kind of almost create their own community that protects them from doing that. Those that derail, their derailers get the best of them, and then they tend to socially isolate. They may not listen to advisors. And so, yeah, there's certain traits that we can identify that will be predictive of success. And the real, you know, exciting thing about that is now, like, let's work to help train entrepreneurs. Now that we can understand what it looks like to be successful, how can we work to develop entrepreneurs? Carrie also has a book, The Non-Obvious Guide to Emotional Intelligence. Is that available on your website, thinkaperio.com? It is, and also on Amazon. Okay. All right, Bryce, you're going to get the last word here. You're kind of like when I go to buy a car at a car lot, and the, the car wash boy is out there, and he's the guy that's touched every square inch of that car. And I'm like, hey, so is that's there right. any, any things I didn't you know see on this car I should be aware of? So when you're looking at all this data that you're collecting, is there one thing about entrepreneurs that you would be like, If you're an entrepreneur, you should really watch out for this because this is what will derail you, as Carrie said. What is that? Ooh. um, Ah, It's probably a lot of things. (laughs) No, I can't speak. I have a hard time speaking to the behavioral science part of it. But I guess like the the AI side of things, I would say not to be scared of it, to make your data work for you and not you for it. Right. Um, I think would be the the best thing that I could say in that space. All right. Fair enough. Carrie, any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say there's a certain trait that gets at the derailer that tends to sabotage ourselves. It's actually called, you know, sabotage. Um, yeah. And there's an impulsivity to it. Yeah. And I would say that is by far the most predictive to set us up to fail. So that's something that we need to be careful and, and exercise self-control and really work towards a long-term gain, not just any kind of short-term benefits that we're willing to compromise for. And so that's where I always tell people, like, if I had one piece of advice for entrepreneurs, it would be to to do what you do. Step back, look at yourself and ask, where am I likely to derail this? And if you're not aware, you could um, unconsciously be your own worst enemy. Well, I just heard it there. It's uh, self-control, something that most people don't have a lot of, (laughs) especially not (laughs) entrepreneurs. We love to buy and build and create and conquer All right, guys. Uh, Thinkaperio.com. A-P-E-R-I-O.com. Thinkaperio.com. I could see this could be very helpful when somebody has to hire a lot of people and they want to try and get the best of brand, best of picks. All right, guys. Thank you, Carrie. Bryce, great job. Appreciate it. I think I'm still afraid a little bit. Thank you, Alan. My pleasure of AI. All right. Carrie just texted me. Take two aspirin and call me in the morning for that headache. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys next week right here on Entrepreneur Weekly. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated. 